The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk. I'm Carrie Charles, your host, and I am so glad you're here. I have a special guest with me, a woman I've known for many, many years, Kelly Brewer. She is the Vice President of Operational Strategy and Innovation with Crown Castle. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. No, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, so I am excited to get started because I know that you have just an incredible journey that has gotten you to where you are today. So can you share that? Sure. I guess my journey has always really been in construction or infrastructure. So I started my early career in construction, always knew that I had a desire to lead and build something that mattered, specifically something physical in the world. So I spent my early career in highway construction and did a short stint in building construction, went to school for business and minored in construction. So I always knew that I'd do something relative to that industry. And in my heart of hearts, though, I've always been an entrepreneur too. So if there was a way that I was going to drive my career, it was going to be in this space, but with an entrepreneurial journey, if you will. One of the early companies I was with, I had met my husband. So we've worked together for a couple of years and then I decided it was probably time to not work in the same space and decided to move on and really look for something that kind of scratched that entrepreneurial edge. Living in Portland, Maine, I was interested in looking for a startup. Portland, Maine's not typically known for, for a startup mentality or environment back a decade, a little more than a decade or so ago. And I found Tilson. And Tilson at the time was really like a startup. There were 18 people, early days. Tilson was focused on ERP system implementations for large construction companies, but it had also recently just uh, won a BTOP NTIA grant to build 1,100 miles of fiber in the state of Maine. And so I thought, well, this is an interesting company, a company that is in the construction space, is looking to build infrastructure that's really impactful. It also has a technology edge to it, which was really interesting and different to me. And I also took the attitude that building roads and building fiber, they've got to be very similar, both linear and in the right of way. So there's got to be some alignment there. And Tilson also had the desire to build the company. And that was something that I was super interested in as, as well. So jumped right in, really spent my career building kind of two things, really focusing on building infrastructure that mattered, mattered in the world, mattered in the community. And then I was also really interested in building a culture and a company that mattered, something that the team was proud of that could continue to build opportunities for our team. I knew that in order to create opportunity, we had to create growth and creating growth meant that we were doing more things in the world and building more infrastructure. So those two kind of missions and things that lit me up luckily went hand in hand. Uh, so that was really exciting. And I would say over the past, well, a little more than a decade or so, like we've seen the convergence of wireless and wireline, and that started to increase, particularly as infrastructure moved into the right-of-way with small cells and other deployments. And I've been particularly interested in this topic, both in aligning how the work gets done by building a workforce that can deliver wireless and wireline infrastructure, since we're building in a lot of the same places, 
and also really interested in the evolution of the industry as we start to deliver infrastructure that's going to serve multiple purposes and multiple end users. And so I've always been a real believer in shared infrastructure as we start to see how hard it really is to build as much infrastructure as we need in the places that we live and the communities we work in. And so ultimately that belief in shared infrastructure is what led me uh, to Crown Castle. And so I've been here for nine months and it's been great so far. So I know probably everyone on earth knows who Crown Castle is, but just in case there are listeners that do not know, could you please give just a brief introduction of Crown Castle? Well, it's actually funny. I'm not sure that everybody on earth knows Crown Castle unless you're really in the space or you're really an avid investor and and REITs are part of your investing strategy. I have people that I've talked to that knew about my past company, Tilson, because they've been in and around my life, but had not heard of Crown Castle, who's also a Fortune 500 company. So it's just a really interesting transition that you're in the space, you definitely know who Crown Castle is. And outside of that, Crown Castle is a really large company that people interact with indirectly or directly every day and don't necessarily know about it. So Crown Castle is the largest provider of shared communications infrastructure in the US. You have 40,000 cell phone towers, 85,000 route miles of fiber, and you know, over 115,000 small cells in some form of deployment phase. So a lot of infrastructure being built for that shared purpose. So really, we leverage that infrastructure for multiple customers. And our goal is to provide speed, quality, and predictability for our customers who want to lease and leverage our uh, shared platform. So Kelly, after 10 years with Tilson, you were there 10 years, right? Yeah, almost 11. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Almost 11. Okay. After a long time with Tilson and now with Crown, tell me about if your perspective has changed on the industry, maybe the state of the industry where we are today or where we're going. Well, I think the entire environment has changed. And 10 years is a long time. And in this industry, like change is inevitable. But I think the macro environment has been particularly challenging and changing. There's just been so many large macro shifts. COVID, the Sprint and T-Mobile acquisition, Spectrum auctions, the release of billions of dollars in federal funding, all of these things that are coming in and shaping our customer strategies, the marketplace, the environment, just how people live and work, what their priorities are, and those things, balancing all those things with also the evolution of technology is driving change at continued exponential rate. So I guess that's one thing that hasn't changed is that (laughs) just the continuous change and evolution. I think over time too, like this convergence of wireless and wireline has also created, I've seen just in 10 years, just the addition of new people leveraging communications infrastructure. New companies are cropping up. There's different end-use applications. The technology is improving. And people are stitching together solutions that combine different technologies and different infrastructure platforms to be able to serve end users, which I think is interesting and great. And also is a proof point that shared infrastructure is definitely a way to help deliver on that. There's companies that are great at delivering end-user products and they're going to need infrastructure to support it. So the core carrier business is alive and well, and then there's new entrance into the market, which is also interesting in creating a new environment. So if nothing else, it's definitely reaffirmed my belief in shared infrastructure and the need for that speed, cost, and predictability of deployment. We're just getting busier and busier, it seems, right? We do. 
goes so faster good. and faster. So Kelly, I have known you for, I think, six years now, ever since I've been in the industry. And I have always had such great respect for you as a leader. And I'd love to hear a little bit about what really guides you in leadership, maybe some of your leadership principles. Yeah, I was actually just talking to my team about some of the things that have shaped my leadership style and strategy over the years. And I would say probably the biggest thing that has made a mark that has fundamentally changed how I lead or think about leadership is actually some of the points from Lencioni's The Advantage, specifically on focusing on, yes, keeping your organization smart, focusing on things like strategy and operations and legal and all the things that everyone focuses on from a smart standpoint. But then how do we also focus on healthy, keeping a healthy culture and free of politics and creating clarity and making sure that leadership team is cohesive and that we're over communicating on that vision and then reinforcing that clarity with all of the things that we do. Fundamentally for me, it's how do we move as fast as this industry is moving and deliver is we're going to have to have an organization and a culture that is strong, healthy, super aligned. And the simpler you can create that, the better it is for both the employee experience and your ability to navigate complexity very quickly. Yes, you're so right. What about developing leaders? Do you have, let's say, a particular strategy that works for you or has worked for you in the past? Well, I think it really depends on the individual and the path that they want to choose. But being really engaged, both as a mentor and a leader, I think is really important in developing new leaders. One, being able to identify new talent. And then two, giving them experience and exposure to new opportunities is going to be the best way for them to learn. I know personally, I'm a big fan of having a foundation of reading and learning and academics, but then also like a lot of my most formative learning has come from being on the job and just experiencing things, having to solve problems, collaborate with people that have different experiences and skills that I have that start to give me different context. And I think context is really important. We're not always great at providing the context, but giving people exposure to new ideas and people that have different experiences, give them context to be able to make new decisions. And I think that helps a lot with growth. I love that. I think context is very important. I do think it's something that leaders miss sometimes is providing that context. So let's talk a little bit about the attracting talent and you know possibly strategies that are working for you at this time or maybe for Crown in general to attract talent. It's really tough out there, we know that, and it just doesn't seem to be getting any better. And we've got the great resignation and we've got now something called quiet quitting. And there's like a new term that comes up every week for what's happening in our workforce. So anything that's really working for you right now? I think we're in a weird moment. Like the labor market, you're right, is still tight. And so that's an interesting dynamic. And then also you're hearing headlines about like tech companies making other shifts on their labor. And so that is kind of a conflicting, I would say, report. And so I still think the labor market is going to be continue to be tight for top talent. Yeah, I think leveraging technology like LinkedIn or leveraging your network and referrals is going to be some of the best ways to bring in people that you know or that have other experiences. I love the focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion from the standpoint of getting more candidates in the pipeline. I think employers are focusing more too on casting a wider net and being more deliberate about that. And casting a net that's broader, I think also helps drive talent into the organization, which has been interesting and helpful. And I think building a diverse and inclusive workforce is important. 
as we start to take on new and interesting challenges. I think the other thing is, is just being responsive is being respectful. So during the whole employment process, I think employers have a responsibility in timely communication. It's the first engagement with a potential new teammate and being engaged and responsive during that process, I think will be improve the opportunities to secure talent. That is really the most important thing I think I've heard in a long time, a leader say, because responsiveness is crucial because talent flies off the shelves right now. And it's absolutely, like you said, crucial that that leader is responsive and gives that feedback either to their recruiting team or to that candidate. And many of them are sitting with multiple offers. So brilliant. I'm so glad that you said that. So also, I'm curious about obviously your rise to your position today. And, you know, as a woman in telecom, and it's a male dominated industry. And I know there could be many women in the audience listening and saying, okay, I really would like to be where Kelly is someday, you know, is are there any challenges that she's overcome or maybe some advice? that you could give to other women who are looking to climb that ladder and get to a leadership role? Yeah. I mean, any traditionally male-dominated industry, you go in kind of knowing. Like I knew going in that that was going to be the case, that I would probably be the minority. You know, not that that's bad. Construction generally attracts more men than women. And so I knew that that was going to be kind of a challenge. Telecom was kind of the same way, but I would say the good news is it's getting better. I think it's getting better because there's more awareness of what opportunities exist in telecom and construction for women. And so I think that's been particularly helpful. And then as more women have joined the workforce in general, and also joined some of these companies, you can start to imagine and expand the circles in which you're recruiting from. And that I think has been particularly helpful is just having women in positions of leadership and also just being part of the team has made it really helpful. And I think companies need to take steps to recognize talent, male or female, and then continue to promote those particular individuals. I know for myself personally, my biggest advocates for my success, actually my entire career, have actually been men, which has been really great. So I want to celebrate and support the men that support women in the workforce. I think having going into a male-dominated industry You're not always going to have a woman leader and you're going to want to have advocacy from men. And we should celebrate and support the men that support women in leadership roles and in the workforce. I've been fortunate that I've been working closely with people like that. I've tended to gravitate towards, towards companies and people that support that type of diversity. Yes. And Crown Castle is one of those companies. And we have had such success at Broadstaff working with Crown Castle and staffing for Crown for really over five years now, almost six years. So I'd love to hear more about the culture of Crown Castle. And again, this is one of the cultures that we've emulated this with Broadstaff because I just think it's just incredible. So anyway, I want to tell everyone about it. So from your (laughs) perspective, what makes Crown Castle unique? Yeah. I mean, I think our B3 values first are the pillar of the culture. I would say that if nothing else, that's a universal across crown. Be real is really resonates. Be accountable and be an owner. And so that speaks to both creating shareholder value as well as being accountable to deliver for our customers and then being real with each other. And so those values are things that we live by and show up. And that was actually something that really attracted me to Crown Castle. In addition to those values being a pillar of how we live and work, I've found that transitioning into Crown Castle, Crown's culture is really collaborative. Probably some of the most collaborative I've seen. A lot of people want to work together. 
different experiences and backgrounds are excited about helping each other out and working cross-functionally. And that's been such a joy to actually get to know the team in that way and solve problems together. That's, I think work is more fun when you can leverage the experiences of other teammates. And so Crown's culture there has been really, really great. I've also really appreciated smart, disciplined, and commitment to the vision that Crown has. Like the discipline helps make strong uh, investment choices and decisions are smart. We hire smart, capable, talented people. And so having the discipline, but also being thoughtful about the future allows us to be innovative and creative, as well as like making the best decisions for our shareholders. So coming here, that's been great. I've been excited to bring my strength in being an entrepreneur and my experience building the assets that Crown owns and having that different perspective married with the other teammates has been, I think, a really good fit. And so I hope to continue to find new ways to deliver value through Crown's unique portfolio of assets and work with the team every day. That's been fun. So ever since I've known you, I feel like that you've achieved this thing called balance that we all work to achieve, everyone, men and women. You know, we try to achieve this balance in our lives of of family and leadership and our career. And it's tough, right? And I just feel like that you have some wisdom to share there. So, (laughs) well, (laughs) I always think that work-life balance or I kind of I said years ago, I've called it more work-life integration because I have a really hard time having a very delineated work versus life experience. So I call it work-life integration. And I've always felt like that's a really personal path. Like you have to figure out what works for you and different people have different circumstances, where they live, what their home life is like, who they have for support and all that. But for me, some of the keys to my success is, well, first, I have an amazing partner, spouse that he helps me out a lot. He's actually not intimidated by kind of gender stereotypes on roles, which has been particularly helpful for me personally in achieving success. I've been able to put in the time on my career while also balancing having a family and all that. So I have three kids, seven, nine, and 19. So they range. So having help has been particularly important with a spouse and then Also like managing your boundaries. Sometimes admittedly, I'm not great at managing those boundaries. And that's why I blur it with more of an integration piece. I'll never miss something that's really important to my kids at school or whatnot. I'm always there at the same time. There's a sacrifice to be able to do some of the things that I want to do for my career. And I don't view it as a sacrifice. I just view it as really balancing. Sometimes I'm going to get on an airplane and be gone overnight. And it's just really figuring out what those boundaries are that work for you and then working around the other parts of your life so that you don't feel burnt out or you don't feel like you're having to give up too much of yourself. That's it. And keep it simple. I mean, I keep going back to that, but (laughs) find a system that works and then keep it simple. If you can get it out of your head, then you can create emotional space to be able to balance both things. Keep it simple. We need to hear that today after what we've been through with the pandemic. And it's definitely a message that we need. So Kelly, thank you so much for being on the show today. If you could just give us some information about where we could go to find out more about Crown Castle jobs. That's great. Yeah. You could visit the Crown Castle website at crowncastle.com. And also all of our roles are posted on LinkedIn. So you can look them up there and also feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn if you can help with any career fit at Crown. Wonderful. Kelly, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. It's great to catch up with you again. Hope to see you soon somewhere on your travels. Likewise. Thanks, Gary. 
Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk, brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.